Hello there. My name is Art Burns. I'm the host of the Mindful Manager podcast, and that's what you're listening to right now. I'm really excited to be here with you to talk about mindfulness practices and the wonderful benefits that we can get from these practices, like emotional intelligence and stress reduction, among many, many other uh, really wonderful emotional and physical benefits. And so, um, you know, I always try to talk about this in the beginning of every episode, and I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing it, <laughs> but, um, but practice is the key word here. Um, you know, I, I try to say it in as many different ways as I can, but, but really the, um, the essence of, of mindfulness is really a skill. You know, it's, it's really about uh, developing a skill uh, that allows you to to sort of uh, increase your emotional intelligence, and it and it allows you to uh, to to you know live without stress. It allows you to optimize your body for for real you know to thrive rather than just survive. Um, you know, which is unfortunately uh, you know there's doctors who tell us that that most humans spend seventy percent of their lives in uh, survival mode, right? Which means that they're experiencing stress in seventy percent of their lives. Right. This means that for 70 percent of your life, you are optimized to survive. Right. And if you're optimized to survive, you are not optimized to thrive. Right. You know, things like happiness, things like fulfillment, things like, um, you know, general health issues. They're not going to be present for you 70 percent of the time because your body is worried about surviving in those times. And it's just the way it works, folks. All right. Now, that's not saying that every single person is in stress 70 percent of the time, but that's what I guess the average is. And so that's a pretty high number, you know, and um, and. And so, so one of the things that mindfulness will do, and again, it's a, a skill that you can develop, right? And the only, I'm sorry, one of the things that mindfulness will do will allow you to, to see when your body is getting into stress. It will allow you to, to sort of eliminate the, the reasons for your stress, right? Like to, to be able to handle your stressors in a way that is present and not, um, you know, not reactive in, in the sense of, of the stress response, right? And so, and, and the way we can do this is through practice, okay? Now, again, anything that you've ever learned to do, you had to practice to do it, right? The only things we're born knowing how to do is breathing, uh, blinking our eyes, <laughs> creating saliva, um, you know, our, our hearts beat and uh, and we grow, you know, <laughs> that's just, and, and our digestive system works on its own. Those are, and our hair grows, you know, basic things like that, right? But, but other than that, there's nothing that you are born innately knowing how to do right? Even walking, even feeding yourself, even, you know, and then of course, as you get older, you know, it's riding a bike, it's, it's playing sports, it's, it's playing musical instruments, every single thing you do. Now, some people are more inclined to certain, you know, some people do have innate talents that they are inclined to certain things rather than others. But, but even somebody like Michael Jordan, and you know, in the first couple of years of his life, he couldn't walk, you know, and, and so, and now look at him, you know, um, you know, and so, I mean, obviously that's kind of, a silly example because, you know, he's worked very, very hard to get to where he is. But that's my point, you know, is that these guys, you know, um, I think it was uh, LeBron James actually recently was uh, not that recently, actually, many years ago, I, I heard a, um, a quote of his that, that a reporter was talking on the radio and, um, and was saying that, you know, like he was saying that, like, you know, look, you know, you see me for 60 minutes a night, you know, during the game, right? But what you don't see is the hours and 
hours and hours that I spend in the gym and in the the practice court, you know, just developing myself and developing these skills. That's what you don't see. And that's true with all of the athletes that you see on TV. You know, it's very easy for us to think like, you know, know, and it applies to not just athletes, but it's very easy for us to think like, okay, these people are just talented. You know, they're just, they're just magical people. And that's why they're, they're on this field, in this court, on the ice, whatever it is. And that's why I pay money to come. And that's why all these 80,000 people are paying money to come and see these people, you know, um, but that's just not how it is, right? The, the reality is that from, from a very young age, right up to when you are watching them on the court, on the ice, on the field, they are practicing hours upon hours upon hours of every single day, right? Same thing goes for musicians. The average professional musician that you see on, uh, on music videos or, or in the Grammy Awards, right? The people who play music, not necessarily the singers, although I'm sure the singers do the same thing, but they're practicing their instruments for eight to 10 hours per day. Okay, that's, you know, now I've, I've known a bunch of professional musicians in my life, and, and, and that's the reality. That's what they tell me, you know. And these are, you know, beyond the people who are the superstars, you know, these are just the people who you see, you know, just in the, you know, the opening acts, right? It's, you know, you're talking about eight to 10 hours per day with a guitar in, in their hand or whatever their instrument is, and just doing the practices just over and 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 over again. Right. And so and that's the way we get better at things. Right. And so so mindfulness is no different from that. Now, here's the thing. Now, just like playing guitar, right, like you can practice for, you know, even 10 to, you know, a half hour a day, maybe, right? I was going to say 10 minutes, but that's really, I mean, probably about a half hour a day. And you can be a pretty good musician with a half hour a day, right? Now you can, you know, go to jam sessions and open mics and, and hold your own with just doing a half hour a day, right? Now, of course, if you want to be a professional, you know, no, that's not going to cut it, right? But in a similar sense, you know, mindfulness can work on that level too, right? Like if you want to be a monk and you want to devote your whole life to, to meditation, then yeah, you're going to have to do hours every day. But if you want to just kind of be a, uh, you know, beyond novice, right, like a, a sort of, you know, capable, uh, you know, mindfulness practitioner and, and be able to really, you know, uh, achieve some of the benefits that I talk about here, you're talking about like five to 10 minutes a day, even as little as three minutes a day will make a huge difference. Okay. But it's the per day part that is really the stress here, right? It, it needs to happen every single day. And that's why I'm just trying to tell you this to inspire you because the, you know, the, the benefits that you get from these, these just a few minutes a day of investment is just a ridiculous return, right? I mean, you are talking about huge returns, right? And so, um, and so that's why I tell you this, okay? It's not to, not to sort of scare you or something, but it's really to inspire you. Now, here's the thing. You know, when we do practice with mindfulness, there's two different ways to do it, right? There's, there's the formal practice, which is taking a few minutes every day, you know, sitting down to meditate, right? Like that's very, very important. And I really think that everybody should be doing that at least like two to three minutes a day, as much as maybe 20 or 30 minutes a day, right? 
Now, that's the formal practice, but because it's Friday today, I'm going to talk about informal practices, okay? And that's what we do every, every week here on Friday in the, uh, in the Mindful Manager podcast. I talk about uh, informal practices, okay? It's informal Friday. <laughs> so, um, and so the idea with informal practices is that we can add the practice of mindfulness, right? Which is essentially just the, a very, very basic concept, which means to pay attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. Okay, that's sort of the long form and you know definition of it. Um, you know, somebody like Jack Cornfield eloquently will you know sort of condense that to say moment to moment loving awareness. Right. So so that's you know it's just about you know being you know not harsh on yourself and not harsh on on you know judgment of your situations, your experiences, but just simply paying attention to them. Okay, without judging them. All right. Now. The way we can, you know, we can complement the the formal meditations we do is by bringing that quality of paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally, that moment-to-moment, non-judging, loving awareness. We can bring that to every single thing that we do, even the most mundane things, okay? And and that sometimes is where the real magic happens, right? Because, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, it's hard to cut out, you know, five, 10 minutes a day. You know, everybody thinks that you don't have that kind of time. You're too busy for it, right? But, you know, listen, I'm very busy. <laughs> you know, I have a lot going on, but I make sure that I meditate every single day. It's just as much as I, I have to eat every day, right? It's as much as I have to do all of my body biological functions every day I have to meditate it's just part of who I am and and it didn't you know it didn't start that way but it is that way now and it's that way because I practice and it became a habit right and so so the more you can practice this mindfulness this paying attention on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally the more it becomes a habit and the more you find yourself doing it with every single thing that you're doing Okay, so that's why these informal practices are really, really helpful. Now, I talk a lot about, you know, how to how to eat meals mindfully, how to fold laundry mindfully, how to walk around the office mindfully, how to uh, wash dishes mindfully. There's all, any any activity you're doing at any time you can do with mindfulness. And and if you do enough of them, again, it becomes a habit and it becomes something that is like you can't not do it. Right. Your body knows how to do it better than your mind does. That's what a habit is all about. Right. And so here's a great little practice that you can do every single day, okay? This is something we all do every single day, and I'm going to go into a couple of variations of this as well, but you get dressed every day, right? Every single day you put clothes on, right? Whether it's your, your pajamas and you're working from home or it's, or it's getting dressed in a, a suit and a tie every single day or, or a, you know, or a, a, you know, fancy office wear for women, whatever you want to call that. I don't even know what you call that. Um, but but you, you go and you get dressed every single day, right? On one level or another. So here's a great practice for you, okay? What I want you to do is in the morning when you're getting dressed or evening or whatever it is for you, um, as you're pulling your clothes out of your closet or your drawers or whatever it is, right, You, I want you to just take a look at the labels on your clothes, Okay, um, you know, obviously, if you're if you're wearing very fancy clothes, you're gonna see, uh, you know, places where they were made, like in Italy or or in France or or in you know fancy places. You know, if you're like me and you wear a lot of t-shirts, um, you're gonna find places like Indonesia, Sri Lanka, um, you know, Vietnam, uh, even China, you know, India. There's all kinds of places where I find you know my tags uh, of my shirts, including the U.S. and Canada and Mexico. I mean, there's, it doesn't have to be on the other side 
side of the world. And it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, you know, a, an underprivileged country. You know, it doesn't have to be a developing country that is uh, that doesn't have the the luxuries that we do in the West. However, you know, maybe it's a little easier to grasp this this particular practice um, if it is underprivileged people. But you know, anyway, let's set that aside for a second. <laughs> so, so what I want you to do is look at the label in your clothes, right? So, like, let's take a shirt, right? Like every time you put a shirt on in the morning, just look at the label. And you're going to see the name of a country, right? Or a city, perhaps. Most likely it's a country. Um, and, and so what I want you to do is, is once you see that, that that country, right? Now you have a sort of geographical bearing on where this is, right? So you can kind of, you know, make certain, um, you know, sort of assumptions about the person who, you know, the idea is to get in touch with the, or, or to sort of, yeah, to get into to a sense of connection with the person who um, who who has made this shirt for you, right? And so, so by looking at the country, you will have a general idea, right? So, for instance, uh, you know what somebody in Sri Lanka is going to sort of look like, right? Versus somebody in Vietnam, right? Like you, you have just a general sense of what this person may look like, right? Now, it's not important to to know exactly what they look like. It's just getting an idea, a picture in your mind, right? And what I want you to do is, is when you're, you know, w- w- just take a moment after you see this country and you picture this person, right? Just take a moment and just understand, just acknowledge the fact that there's a person who was involved with making this shirt, right? Like somebody used their hands on, you know, with, with stitching and, and sewing machines and, and all kinds of stuff, and, but, but they use their hands to, to make this garment for you, right? And, and this garment that you're about to put on, you know, somebody had to spend their energy and their time to make this thing for you, right? Or to make this thing that you wound up buying. I mean, they don't know you, you don't know them, right? But here's the idea. Now, when you, when you kind of acknowledge that, the next step is to say, you know, just say to yourself inside your head, you don't have to speak to yourself out loud so your family thinks you're losing your mind or something, but you can, um, you can just simply say in your mind, you know, um, I, I hope that this person was, you know, well compensated for what they're doing. I hope that they, they are happy and they are at peace and that they are in good health. You know, just something like that, right? It doesn't have to be anything specific. But what you're doing then is you're just connecting to these people, right? Because there is somebody out there. Even though you don't know them, you don't know their name, you don't know their... um you don't know exactly what they look like. You don't know uh, their living conditions. You don't know what they eat every day. You don't know what their you know troubles and, and struggles and, and happiness and that. you don't know all that stuff about them, right? But you know that they have all that, right? Because just like you, they are a person and they have they have you know they have struggles, they have successes, they have a, a place where they live, they have food that they eat, they have uh, you know water that they drink, they have all of this. Um, you know, they have everything that you do, right, on some level, right, you know, now again, in some of these underprivileged uh, countries, like, you know, like, you know, you know, Sri Lanka or Vietnam or something, they don't have the gadgets that you have, they don't have the luxuries that you have, but they have a general life just like you do, okay, and emotionally, they have struggles, they have fears, they have, they have happiness, they have sadness, they have, um, you know, they have, they have insecurities, they have, you know, they have things that they've done they want to be forgiven about, right, and so, and so when you can get in, in contact with that, right, you, you start to build this connection to them, and what you do is you open your heart to this connection, and in opening your heart to this connection, you benefit yourself, 
And you will also start to benefit all the people around you because this is going to, um, it's going to wind up, you know, uh, on a physiological level, it's going to wind up um, integrating your brain in a very, very positive way, okay? And the result is going to not only be a reduction in stress, because again, like I talked about yesterday, the first, you know, one of the greatest ways to reduce stress is to build a sense of connection to others, because the more connected we feel to others, the less isolated we feel. And the less isolated we feel, the less fear we feel, right? And so that's just the way it works, folks, you know? So, so the more you can do that, the more you can cultivate this sense of, of you know, connection to people, the more you're going to get yourself into a place of homeostasis rather than the stress response, right? And that's, that 70% of the time is going to start shrinking, right? And, um, and now here's the thing. You, it's not just your clothes, right? Pardon me, I have this delicious cup of tea in front of me. I had to just take a little taste. Um, and so somebody made this tea, right? Somebody, somebody, you know, uh, you know, there were farmers who, who grew the, 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 the herbs to make this tea, right? And, and they, they watered it and they, they made sure that it was getting enough water and sun and, and fertilizer. And then when it was ready, they went and they picked the, the leaves off the, the little branches and they dried them out and then they, they crumbled them together and they mixed them in a certain way. And they put them into a tea bag, and then that tea bag got put into this box, and then this box got put onto a truck that went to the store that was unpacked, that that was you know somebody put it on a shelf where I went and I grabbed it, right? And so even this cup of tea, I can sit here and I can connect with all the different people who had a play, uh, had a little part in in what I'm drinking right now. You know, it's not just magic; it didn't just wind up in my cup like this, right? And so. So this is another way that you can do this practice, right? With all of your food, right? Like when you go shopping in, you know, to buy your stuff, right? You're going to the vegetables. You, you know, you can look at where these things were made and you can just consider for a moment that, you know, that, okay, these tomatoes were made in Mexico. And so, so, you know, again, there was a farmer who, who, you know, planted the seeds and then, and then made sure that there was enough water and watered it if it needed to be, um, you know, had, you know, vitamins and, and fertilizer, uh, and, and, you know, there was sunshine that happened on this, you know, and then there was somebody who went out and, and with their hands picked this tomato and put it into a little bushel and then took that bushel into a little, uh, building where somebody put them into the crates in which you're, you know, in which they were shipped, um, put the, the crate onto a truck. The, the person drove the truck uh, to a port of some sort, put it on a boat or a plane or whatever, you know, and then it went to another port or they drove it here, whatever it is, right? Um, and then somebody took it off the truck and, and put it into the, you know, and put it into the, the refrigerator at the, at the grocery store. And then somebody went in and took these tomatoes off there, you know, out of the crates and put them onto a shelf for you, okay? That's, you know, 10 to 20 people had a hand in that tomato that you're about to buy, Right. Think about those people. Just think about them for a moment and just think like, I hope that everybody who had a, pl- a part in this tomato getting to me, I hope that they're able to, to find happiness in their lives. I hope that they are able to, you know, find health and, and, 
and that they're free from, from struggle and free from suffering and free from uh, fear and anxiety and, and, uh, and insecurity. And, and, and I hope that they find love. I hope that they find happiness, you know. And if you do that over and over and over again, it gets to the point, folks, and I'm telling you this is magic, that it gets to the point where you can't not think of that, right? You look at a pad of paper and you think of the tree that was growing and you, and you think of the, um, you know, the, the, the people who went and cut down the tree and like what they ate for lunch that day and and you know it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper and and literally you can do this with every single object that you come in contact with okay and what you're doing now is you're really exercising a level of connection right you're you're seeing the interconnectedness of everything in the world right because that's what it is everything is interconnected okay and by practicing this and by, by, you know, cultivating this sense of connection, right, you are going to be, you know, again, doing wonderful things to the integration of your brain, to the, um, to the, the, the well-being of your body, putting yourself in a place of homeostasis, you know, creating a, a, a natural flow in your body. And, and understand me here, okay, there's lots of stories behind this, right? There's stories of people who did these practices, these kind of practices and others, right, who, who felt like, okay, I'm just doing it mechanically. It doesn't feel like it's doing anything. It seems absurd that I'm doing this. And then, you know, there's one story I'm thinking of specifically that Jack Cornfield tells of someone who was at his retreat uh, where he, you know, just day after day after day for hours a day, they just did this kind of practice, right? Just just loving kindness meditation, right? And um, and not not day after day for hours and hours, just that, that's the, the thing that they were doing every day for, uh, you know, maybe 20 minutes a day or something. And, uh, and a woman, you know, specifically said, like, I just don't feel like it's working because I don't feel any different. I'm not looking at things different. I don't think differently. I don't see what this is doing. It just feels like, like I'm just mechanical going through this these motions right and then she was standing on a train platform in San Francisco and uh, and a guy walked up to her and said and said you know I'm just I'm having a really really hard time in my life and and I just looked at you and you seem like someone who has a kind and compassionate heart and I just wondered if I could talk to you for a few moments Right. And that's what happens. Like you, you start to attract this, you know, not that you're going to attract people to talk to you about all this kind of stuff. I think that's not very common, but, but it's like, you're going to build up this, this level of, of, you know, of kindness and compassion, uh, through this practice. And, and that is going to serve you in many, many ways. Some of which you're not even going to realize until something like that happens. And, and you're going to, um, you know, you're going to see an effect that you have on somebody and it's going to feel amazing. All right. So listen, if you have any questions about this practice, or if you want to know any other, you know, if you want ideas of how else you can practice it, because again, you can do this with anything, right? You can do it in your car because your car was all made of, you know, by different people. You can do it, um, you know, uh, on the highways, you can do it on the, you know, in, in the office with your office supplies and your machines and your computers and all that stuff. There's endless opportunities to do this practice, right? And if you just pick one and just do it every single day, then ultimately you wind up doing it with all of them. So if you don't like the idea of starting with your clothes or your food, you know, let me know and I'll come up with some other suggestions for you. I'm sure we can find something that'll work for you. <laughs> All right, everybody. So I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me to ask any questions or send any comments or, or, or maybe even uh, inquire on how you can get into one of my group or private po coaching programs, it's up to you. I'm not pushing. I'm just 
telling you that it's available. Um, you can contact me by going to by emailing me at art at artburnscoaching.com. That's A R T at A R T B U R N S C O A C H I N G dot com. <laughs> or you can uh, you can book a call with me, and that's really fun. You can go to my website, uh, artburnscoaching.com. Right there on the front page, there's a button that says uh, free phone consultation. Just click on it. Follow the instructions. Pick a day and a time on my calendar that works for you. Uh, enter a little bit of basic information, including your phone number, and um, and we'll be booked. And we can either do a phone call or a video chat, depending on what you prefer. A lot of people who live outside the U.S. Uh, prefer a video chat because it's a lot cheaper. Um, so I'm open to whatever. And uh, I would love to hear from you. I really, really would. Uh, so, so go ahead, you know, send me an email. Tell me what you think. Tell me how you love this podcast. Tell me how you don't love this podcast. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let me know, um, you know, anything, right? Or ask whatever questions you have. I would love to hear from you. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. That's your, uh, your informal Friday practice. Uh, and I hope you get to do it because it really, really is beneficial. Um, and so I'll be back on Monday with some more good stuff. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye.